right, let's go ahead and, and get started here. Everybody hear me good? Okay. Um, so yeah, chapter five was, was a fun one. Um, diving in right into some, some meat of the chapter, I kind of want to bounce forward um, to page 116. I think that this was a, a fun concept for, for me to, to learn and, and grow from just this last week. I, I learned a lot more even uh, from the previous times that I read the book. Um, I really liked the, the part here about the test of the lion's couch. Um, so anybody hopping on, we might ought to wait for just a second until people start joining, just a second. <laughs> Um, so, uh, for those that just joined, I was kind of hopping forward to page 116, um, and just kind of diving into, to some fun parts of the, the chapter for, for me this week. So the, the test of the lion's couch, uh, here in the, the middle part of page 116, um, was really eye-opening for me this time through the book. And, um, I, I thought about Sarah's test of the lion's couch versus Abraham's test of the lion's couch and how they were similar and what lessons were learned from them. Uh, as I've talked about before, I, I, I'm kind of of the opinion that, that we all have many different tests and trials throughout our lives so that we um, can learn and grow and get specific blessings from each of those tests. And so I was charting out this week um, with uh, Sarah's test and Abraham's test of the lion's couch, and and they they seem to provide the the same kind of uh, blessings to them. So uh, let me just share this the picture of facsimile number one here. We see that Abraham on the altar in Ur, it, it's a lion's couch, and then with Sarah in Egypt, she's also on a a lion's couch, um, uh, symbolically for for that in in Egypt, and so uh, charting that out to uh, the first five tests of Abraham, uh, just looking at what were the lessons learned uh, through each of the tests. Uh, the first one, the the test of the axe, uh, it's kind of a, a good versus evil thing, standing up for what you believe in, uh, even though it, it's a hard thing. Uh, a lot of times this test is um, having the, the option presented to you to deny Christ and accept the easy path kind of a thing. And then uh, the, the test of the, oh, sorry, I was going on the test of the lion's couch there. The test of the axe is when he is, is throwing down the idols there in, um, uh, in Ur, uh, in Nimrod's court. And then the test of fleeing idolatry uh, giving up false traditions and any type of idolatry there. Um, the test of famine, being flexible uh, in unknown circumstances or for physical or spiritual survival. And then the test of Egypt uh, that we'll read about later on in this chapter, um, where Abraham is, is given the opportunity to bless uh, his enemies, uh, blessing those that, that curse us. Um, I found that those were, were very interesting uh, insights into those different tests and looking towards our homework assignment that we had this last week, uh, seeing if any of my tests kind of matched those, 
Um, not that they're uh, on par with lion's couches and, and famine and, and all of that, but the same kind of lessons learned. Uh, have I been learning the same lessons that Abraham had to, to learn in order to progress and grow in, in the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant? Um, so just throwing it out there uh, for everybody, did anybody have the chance to do the homework assignment where they were listing out their different tests and trials and, and mapping those towards uh, the blessings of or the promises of the Abrahamic covenant? I'd love to hear any uh, insights, experiences that you had while, while doing that, if you were able to, to do that. I did it and I thought it was amazing. I loved it. And I think it really um, strengthened my testimony of how I will be blessed in the future with things that will come up in the future. Um, it was just way awesome for me. Mm -hmm. Glad to hear it. Yeah, it, it was really fun for me to, to do that. Uh, I think it was the second time going through the book, I decided, hey, I'm going to going to do this for myself and see if I've got any of these blessings and stuff. And I was like, holy cow, they all match um, parts of, of the Abraham story. And it was so fun. You guys make me jealous. I need to go. As you gave that assignment last week, I'm like, I don't know. I'm pretty positive. And I'm like, I don't even think I've had trials. <laughs> and then this week, the Lord blessed me with a big trial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you so, go yeah but it's just so funny because i just look and as i start thinking then i'm like oh yeah that's a trial and that's a trial but i just mm -hmm. don't i guess i just don't look at things as trials oh yeah for sure I, i'm kind of the same way i was talking to my mom uh i don't know probably a month or so ago and i'm like man i just really don't have big trials like like abraham level trials and i need to be so that i can be growing in, in the gospel and things and um she was reminding me she's like well this one and this one and this one i was like well yeah but those are over and done now they don't seem very big <laughs> i mean once you kind of learn your lesson from them or whatever once you're out of Ur or haran then you're just gonna like oh yeah eh, i guess that did happen <laughs> even a lot of times going through them i'm just i don't know i'm just i'm pretty optimistic so i just don't I don't know. Are you guys that way too? I just kind of forget that they're a trial. I forget about them later. And I guess that's why it's important to write those things down. So we don't forget, huh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I there was a comment in the chat box. Oh, yes. I always forget to, to turn on my, my that's chat. That's why I reminded there. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Libby said that it was so powerful. She loves seeing the, the promises in each trial. Thank you. Oh yeah, I, I totally understand. We we have a, a couple different um, moms in the different groups or whatever, and so I totally understand with <laughs> kids and, and babies and all that kind of stuff. All right, so let's see. While we're on the topic of homework, did anyone have the opportunity to read the Joseph Smith translation of nine and fourteen? And what insights um, did you get from from those? Let me look it up.
I mean, one thing you talked about in verse 21, 22, and 23 is that uh, Zion should again come to the earth, the city of Enoch, which was caught up, will come back. And when it says, when thy posterity shall embrace the truth and look up upward, then shall Zion look downward and all the heavens shall shake with gladness and the earth shall tremble with joy. Of course, if uh, Enoch City's coming back, that could cause a little disturbance in the earth. <laughs> yep, for sure. So that was in nine and then 14. See what notes I had there. Brigham Young said the Gulf of Mexico was left when the city of Enoch went up and we just moved to Fort Worth and we were down south by the border about an hour from the beach. Now I'm a little farther away, but I'm like, I don't know if that's where it really came from. We might be wiped out. <laughs> see. Verse 14 talks about Melchizedek, the king of Salem, that he, Abraham took ties to him. And of course, you know, the other part in our book talks about how that may be something that, that the Jews made up to link to Melchizedek, but here Joseph Smith translates it and leaves it in. Mm -hmm. um, and Melchizedek was a man of faith who wrought righteousness and when a child he feared God and stopped the mouths of lions and quenched the violence of fire. So it sounds like Enoch all over again. Mm -hmm. um, he was ordained a high priest after the order of Enoch that God made with Enoch. Um, uh, and it said, it being after the order of the Son of God, which order came not by man nor will of man, neither by father nor mother, nor by beginning of days nor end of years, but of God. And it was delivered unto men by the calling of his own voice, according to his own will, unto as many as believed on his name. So that sure sounds like second endowment calling and election stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And when President Nelson puts that in his footnotes, and I think that, uh, or I, I think a lot of the members are, are living beneath their privileges that could be theirs, uh, and it goes to that kind of stuff, <laughs> I'm thinking, yep, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of us that, um, kind of quoting from, from the Enoch thing before, when, um, when the saints look upward, Zion will look downward. I, I wonder how many of us are, are really looking upward. I, I sure wasn't before I, I started waking up to, to all of this. I, I was very much focused just in my own life, not really paying attention to, to every level of, of the gospel here. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's, let's dive in to um, the trials and different things. I, I wanted to show a, a quick video. This always comes to mind when, when I think of trials. Um, it's just a, a short little five-minute video from, from the church here. You probably remember seeing it sometime. Thank you. 
my plan for my life was to have a child every two years. I had that mapped out. I was going to have a kid every two years. I didn't know how many. I wanted a big family. So we had a boy first, and then two years later, another boy. And uh, at 22 months old, we found um, a tumor. Suddenly, we were thrown into a whole different world, a world I didn't even know existed. And we were thrown into the medical world, into surgery into the hospital, into chemotherapy. I had my daughter right before we found his tumor, one week before we found his tumor. He had this rare disorder. I'd never heard of it. You know, there was nothing more that could be done. He did pass away at home. In the meantime, we had another son. It started with my daughter. She got... Um, bone cancer on her rib. My husband got thyroid cancer. And then he got Burkitt's lymphoma. I've never seen chemotherapy that tough. Drew got bone cancer, just like his sister. It was more intense this time. And then Andrea got cancer from her chemotherapy. She needed a stem cell transplant. My husband was diagnosed with the same thing as my daughter. Andrea recovered very quickly. Drew kept getting bad news and bad news and bad news, you know. My son passed away three weeks before my husband. I began to think, Maybe I couldn't do this. You know, maybe I wasn't strong enough. You know, I began to think that I might fail. But the Lord was not going to allow me to fail. And I know that that's not unique to me. But he does that for everybody. It's not always about us. Like, we're not going through this because we need to change or we're not good enough. I, I became someone you know, more capable of, of helping others and of having compassion and of understanding at an intimate level, you know, what other people go through. And I found a great deal of joy in using the things that I've learned um, to help other people, especially families who have children with cancer. One of my missions in life is to comfort others who are going through cancer. And that, you know, I know how to do it because I've been through it. It's like, to me, it's like Newton's law. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Equal and opposite. So I think the greater our sorrow is, the greater our capacity is to feel joy. I've been surprised. I, I feel a great deal of tenderness toward my Savior because he really is so sweet. He really does provide what you need. Yeah, I, I love watching that video every once in a while to really hone in on, on my own trials and, and things and 
and, and realize their purpose. Um, I love this quote from Elder Quintin L. Cook, the refiner's fire is real and qualities of character and righteousness that are forged in the furnace of affliction perfect and purify us and prepare us to meet God. I think that that's a very profound quote and profound are the, the principles that are shared in that video. I, um, I'm all about charts and, and things, I guess. So tonight I'm sharing quite a bit. Um, but this is just kind of a, a chart that she kind of explains there. Like with Newton's law for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, if we were just to float along at baseline A, we would never know B or C. But because we have trials that, that bring us down and in, in, into the depths of humility, uh, we are able to rise and, and experience joy in new and profound ways. So um, if the, the value of, uh, of B is, is equal to the absolute value of C, then our sorrow, the greater it is, the greater our uh, capacity to feel joy. And, and I believe that that's a, a, a true principle, a, a divine law. Um, and as we look at our, our own individual Abrahamic tests and, and trials, um, I, I think they're, they're definitely ramping up uh, as time goes on and, and as we get closer and closer to the second coming of the Savior. And, and to be able to, to keep those in perspective and know that, that joy cometh in the morning, um, that we are, are going through trials and, and the people around us, our loved ones are going through trials that uh, are purifying them and, and allowing us to prepare to meet God uh, on an individual basis. I think that that's so profound. Um, so yeah, let's, let's dive into the, the chapter, just kind of going front to back. Um, I love this first section on, on the famine, the, that huge test that, you know, you know, we, I, I can't speak for everyone, but at least anyone that I know of, I mean, we haven't really been through famines. We can go to the grocery store anytime. We, uh, it's not a, a trial that I can really resonate with uh, until I read about Abraham's experience or, or others who have went through that, uh, others through the Great Depression, et cetera. Um, but how hard that must be to see your loved ones literally starving and uh, there's no, no end in sight. Um, and so having to, to move, pick up and go other places, um, taking that journey, that, that strenuous uh, challenge on yourself on top of the famine itself must have been uh, quite the trial. I, I can't even fully uh, play that one out in my mind, uh, how, how challenging that would be. Um, but we, we learn a lot of things throughout this section of the famine. The things that that Abraham and Sarah learn, um, the way that they're able to uh, keep pressing forward uh, valiantly, keeping the law of Zion, etc. Um, just like to, to open it up for everyone for for that first section. What what things did you learn from from Abraham and Sarah's example throughout that? Um, anything you'd like to talk about, discuss? What jumped out to me was was the fact that here Abraham is, and he's receive revelation, led people out of their homes and whatnot to this new land that's supposed to be a land of milk and honey. So they're all looking to him as the prophet and whatnot. 
And then what happens, they have a famine, they get tried, they get tested. And, and I can imagine some of them saying, you know, his parents skipped out and took off, but others saying, why did we come? You know, I don't get this. What happened? And even Abraham didn't get directed. You know, he's praying, trying to understand what to do. And it didn't happen. It says at the bottom of 107, almost Abraham tells in his autobiography, I concluded to go down to Egypt. So he made the decision on his own. It wasn't that the Lord prompted him. He had to think it out and make the best decision he could. And here he is, you know, I was told to come here, but now I can't stay. I've got to go. And that had to be hard. Mm -hmm. And then Coursera supported him, but it wasn't until he made the decision and headed out that then the Lord comes and tells him he's got to lie to the Pharaoh and tell him that Sarah's his sister. And here's honest Abraham and, I'm equivocating and, you know, that's yeah. another big test that had to be tough. And uh, that's what struck me in this first part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always think about uh, Nephi when I hear that that story there, that, that Nephi also was confronted with a, a, a moral challenge there, like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't be killing anybody. I've never even shed blood before kind of thing, like how how does this fit in with god's plan you know like abraham here i shouldn't lie i shouldn't be dishonest yet but um for for certain purposes and and, and things the lord does require that of of the faithful i think that that's kind of a test there um uh, which is an interesting test of um going against uh, being an exception to the rule i guess you could say um that, that here's the law but every once in a while, the Lord demands an exception. Hey, Cameron. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts, I actually ended up having all right, a lot of notes for, for this one. Um, oftentimes, my intention is to listen to you and then follow along. Mm -hmm. But you're so good at it, I just end up listening to it. No, <laughs> I, I, I find myself doing multitasking. But mm -hmm. uh, my favorite part was when Abraham was struggling with an outcome. And, in, and then he went into prayer and instead of being like, why are you giving this to me? What is, what have I done? Like I've done everything you asked. He, he didn't, he went, there was no complaint. There was no being mad. There was no um, whining. He went and he first praised the Lord. And he's like, thank you. You are the best. You, you have created all things. You are so giving and kind to all of your children. You know, here he is struggling. He's got issues. And he says all of these beautiful things. He shared his love. And then after he could find all the most beautiful things to say, then he was like, and these are the things I need. Like, if you can, that would be great. But if not, you're the best. And I have been so guilty of, you know, when things don't go right, I'm like, seriously, this is, this is what I get, you know, kind of attitude. And I'm so glad that I read this because I'll never be the same. I will always try. Like, I promise you that when I struggle, it will be a different experience because of that um, example that he shared of what it is like to go to the Lord when you're hurting. I really, really love that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I totally concur. Uh, 
after reading this, I was like, yeah, come what may and, and love that kind of thing. And, and look at President Nelson's example of, of gratitude. You know, I mean, there's so many things that are distracting and, and trying to get us to be um, asking God, like, why? But yet just express gratitude. Go, go for that and, and then petition for, for anything that you need. But, but always remember gratitude. He's the best. <laughs> I like the way that you said that. He's the best. And, and I'll come up May and, and we'll love it. I didn't realize that Abraham went through kind of the same thing Job went through, right? Yeah, seems like and, it. And even the Lord said, look, look how good Abraham is. And then that's when his test came. But one of the things I loved was on page 108. And it's in this, well, it's that first paragraph, kind of in the middle. So it says, um, getting Abraham into Egypt was God's purpose in sending the famine. And I just thought that was interesting. Like he was told to go there and then Heavenly Father didn't want him to stop there, mm -hmm. but he didn't tell him that. And how many times, like I've looked back in my life and there's been times where it's like, ah, this is so hard. Why is this happening? And then, um, you know, I realized later on why. Um, one time when we were moving back to the United States, we lived in Panama in the nineties and we had like no no job we were leaving the air force and we had we didn't know where to go and there was one place we looked at going and we just had really bad feelings and we just kind of took this job in fort collins my husband grew up in denver and um we didn't even really know why we were there and my husband was in a practice with a really bad partner that was unethical and it just wasn't working out well and and we bought the house September 30th and Valentine's day, we put it on the market and tax day. My husband left to go start another job in Illinois. And we looked back and we're like, what was that all about? And we stayed in Illinois for almost um, six years, four years. And we looked back and it was like, I just felt like it was a time my husband's mother was really ill and we, and we got to go down on the weekends and go visit them, but that wasn't where he wanted us to be. And we felt like it was just kind of a holding place until mm -hmm. he got us to where we needed to be. And it was kind of like, you guys just decide what you want. You guys just go where you want, but don't go here. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting when you look at what's happening in your life and realize maybe there's another purpose behind it rather than just a trial that it's something Heavenly Father wants you to learn. And like I said, my mother-in-law, she had emphysema and they actually couldn't diagnose it conclusively because she'd never smoked. Mm -hmm. And um, why? And there was so many times, she lived 20 years on oxygen and we just really felt like that was like her Abrahamic test. It was her purifying. And, and even though as hard as it was to watch her go through that, as we look back, we realize it was like one of the greatest blessings Heavenly Father could have given her. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. He gets us where we want, where he needs us to be. And sometimes that's by making us uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. Yeah, that it, it must have been super uncomfortable for Abraham. Uh, like Neil was saying that uh, he has this big group that's following him and he doesn't know why 
but for some reason the the lord's putting them through uh, another famine and, and they're having to leave again that must have been super hard as a, as a leader to all right guys let's pick up and go <laughs> i also like on that part where it's the same part she's talking about the very bottom of that paragraph where he says without disclosing his plan we all want to know the plan like tell <laughs> us the plan so we can figure out what we're doing but mm-hmm. heavenly father doesn't just always disclose the plan he just you know helps you figure out where you need to go like it said it helped abraham get to egypt um that was the purpose and we get to figure it out we get to figure it out later you know he doesn't he doesn't spoon feed us like we want to be spoon fed i want to be spoon fed like i want cameron to read the book to me (laughs) so thank you Oh, that's funny. Well, just wait until I just recorded chapter seven uh, right before this. And oh, man, I was just so excited. I was like, oh, I just want to jump to chapter seven right now tonight with everyone. <laughs> Guys, I just keep reading it. I haven't listened to you yet. Now I've got to listen to you. <laughs> it's it's nothing special. It's just the, the chapter is fun. <laughs> I have something. Um, today I was listening to... Oh, I can't remember his name, but Emily Bell Freeman, the ones who do mm-hmm. um, Don't Miss This. Yeah, David Butler. And, yeah, and they would they were talking about Doctrine and Covenants 6 through 9, and they were saying, our problem is sometimes we want the Siri answers. Siri, why do I have to do this? And she, and she compared it to, Siri, how many pints are in a gallon? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and she was saying, Heavenly Father is not going to give Siri answers. Heavenly Father says... Okay, go take a pint measure and go find a gallon jar and pour this in because then after doing it the 32 times, you're going to remember these are how many pints that are in this. And Heavenly Father is not going to give us an encyclopedic or a Siri answer. He's going to give us teaching and training because he wants to be our father and later on have companions rather than just students who learned and i mm-hmm. really really love that yeah that makes so much sense I, i've never really heard or uh, reasoned it out like that but yeah, it, yeah it's a very much teach a man how to fish principle right i i loved that part too and um oh where's that just like where she was saying a few minutes ago when he sh- with each um trial he would praise him and say, thank you. You're so wonderful. He, it also says that he, um, I wish I could find which page I was on, but he would be excited that it was a tool for him to learn. Oh, let's see. Utilizing each test as a tool for spiritual and personal growth. That's on 106. And it just struck me, um, like with the Pharaoh, how knowledgeable he was. Like he was like the master of everything like he had so much knowledge um but that all came because he filled up the measuring thing so many times Mm -hmm. that that's how he learned all of that so I just I love that Mm -hmm. um just looking at it like okay what's he trying to what what knowledge is he pouring into me by making me actually go through the process and not just handing me my next step Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
a couple of things hit me. Um, one was, of course, we talked about it already about the famine, but I wrote in the notes about Joseph Smith and how the volcano and all of that scenario happened and forced the family to move to be near um, Mount uh, to get the golden plates, right? In Gomorrah. Yeah. And so I thought, wow, isn't that interesting that the Lord does that to prophets? And mm -hmm. I'm sure that happens, you know, with eventually in all of our lives somehow. Mm -hmm. But the, on page 107, something really hit me. Uh, it says in the middle of the page, the unity of heart that was always Zion's crowning virtue. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh my goodness, isn't that interesting? You know, how is our unity of heart? Are we unified with God? Do we really understand? And uh, really that uh, just the way they said it was a crowning, Zion's crowning virtue. Nelson mm -hmm. and Irene. Yeah, I, I love that part um, where Sarah constantly lived the law of Zion. Mm -hmm. uh, President Nelson's really got me thinking all the time. Anytime I see the word law, I have to highlight it, study it, and, and, and learn the divine laws here. But but living the law of Zion, the unity of heart there, I I love that that principle um, of Zion, that, that we all have to be unified. Uh, even if we disagree, we can't be disagreeable. We have to, to be unified and come together and, and be one kind of a thing. I sometimes wonder if the reason Heavenly Father doesn't tell us things, like, like with Joseph's family, if he had said, you guys need to move to Palmyra, I got something going on, you're going to, your son's going to be like, he just can't explain it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we'd be like going, what are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I don't understand. How could that be? And I think sometimes we just have to move forward in faith because um, we just wouldn't understand in the circumstances that we're at, what will be happening, um, how the blessings will come or what is in store for us. And so we just have to do that. And he has to I don't want to say manipulate us, but get us to go where we need to go and mm -hmm. encourage us to get there so that he can use us the way he needs to use us or teach us what we need to be taught or whatever. Mm -hmm. But his purposes can't be made like we just wouldn't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just listening to, to Masa and Jody and, and different people, uh, it's very interesting that principle plays out over and over again of uh, that they've pointed out that a lot of times, once you find a, a mystery or a principle, oh, this is in John Pontius's book. That's where I was reading it. Um, but anytime you find uh, a mystery, you'll often go back to the scriptures and find that they it, they said it all along, but you just didn't know the words to look for or, or different things. And, and I find that that's a lot of the times how, how the Lord works with us. Uh, he tells us as much as he can, but, you know, like we're we're just not at that level yet. And so uh, a lot of times we're not going to be ready for, for the knowledge. We just have to go by faith. And that's why faith is such an important principle. It's like, just trust me, go here. And, and then you'll understand why <laughs> later. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. So um, we have quite a few dreams here in this chapter. And I'd just like to throw it out to, to you all. What, what is the importance of dreams? Why does the Lord communicate to us in, in that mode? Uh, 
have any of you had experiences with that? I, I know that my dreams are definitely ramping up uh, lately and, and things that they're, they're definitely revelatory uh, style dreams. And so uh, just why, why does the Lord do that? Uh, why does he use that mode to, to communicate with people, both righteous and, and, and wicked? Uh, not necessarily wicked all the time, but but with Pharaoh, with uh, with Nebuchadnezzar, with uh, Darius, unbelievers. All yeah, unbelievers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I had a dream actually on Friday. I told my husband it was the same dream three times in a row. Ooh, interesting. And I was learning how to fend off attackers. Now it didn't even make sense because. There were two steps and at the end, the one was incapacitated in the pool and the other one I had to throw a dirt clot at. And then it like shocked him and it like was like stunned him and then I was okay. Then the second, then immediately it started over again and I was with like a guide and I was repeating the steps to him what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And he's like, do, do you have it? And I'm like, yeah. And then immediately the dream started over again and this time it was like I said it. But when I was waking up kind of, and I was trying to say the steps, I couldn't remember them all. Mm. And I, I don't know exactly what it meant. I told my husband, I'm like, I had the weirdest dream. And he goes, that's interesting three times. Cause that's how many times the angel Moroni showed up to Joseph. So I've been kind of contemplating. It was kind of funny because then on Sunday I had kind of a Unzion like moment with my bishop. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if that was getting me ready. And I don't know, like how to deal with that. But mm -hmm. it's it is interesting. I don't always have dreams. And so it was kind of a wake up call when I did have that dream, because obviously, it means something. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it is interesting when Heavenly Father chooses to communicate with us through dreams, and then the process process of trying to understand right mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. we don't always have an abraham or joseph or somebody daniel whoever to come and interpret for us <laughs> i think he uses them because that's when we're finally like quieted down we we're, we're not in the way anymore you know like we're mm -hmm. i mean i do I wouldn't say envy, but I do like admire those that can dream, like that have dreams often. I have a really good friend that actually went, she went to a couple of your um, Sunday ones, but she has them very often and they're very powerful and they're very telling. And she, after she dreams them, she, she writes them down and she's very religious about that. And then she studies them and then she reads the scriptures and she, I mean, it's just, a, it's beautiful. And it's, it's mm -hmm. really cool to see what someone can do with, um, with what our father in heaven can give, you know, through prayers or through dreams. Um, actually I did have one and I, I'm not a dreamer at all. Like I've had really two recently in the last year, but they were really profound, like, and they're very short, they're very, but they're like ingrained in my brain. When, and when I wake up, I had, I had a dream and I don't know if this means anything, but my, I had a dream. My youngest was from the tribe of Levi. And I was like, what is that? You know? And so I ended up, I actually ended up asking a question on, I think the uh, Facebook group and just like, what does that, like, what does that mean to be in the tribe of 
of Levi. And I guess it was, um, so I, so I did some studying and, and things. And now of course I can't remember because I'm not looking at my notes, but just the other day I had a dream that I, well, I'm actually not going to share it, but it was really, it was really simple, but, um, it had to do with me like being involved in a really interesting moment where I was like blessing someone, like, but like saying a prayer over someone and it was really beautiful. And I, you know, I wrote it down and I didn't know what, what, what to think of it, but I love that if we can just silence ourselves and be open, you know, maybe we have to pray for years. And I don't think there's anything. I think sometimes we think if we pray for a dream, we're being, you know, at least for me, I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't be praying for a dream, but I think that that's the wrong attitude. We need to be praying for dreams and for um, inspiration and personal revelation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they can come yeah. through dreams. So I need to get better about being okay like, with that. It comes down to is the personal revelation. I, Cause it's not a gift for everyone. Everybody, there's a variety of different gifts on revelation and, and things. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely recognized that one is, is one of mine's. I I'll have like five to six dreams a night and I have to write them all down really quick before I forget them and, and then interpret them later. And sometimes I have to find an interpreter to, to help me interpret that dream. But uh, anyway, it, it's very interesting how, how dreams can be revelatory. Uh, I was reading uh, Mary Jane Woodger's book. She teaches at, at BYU um, uh, dreams as revelation and goes through some of the prophets and, and some of their dreams and, and things. But I, I, yeah, I, I really like what you said. It's a time when we can kind of disconnect when we're kind of at one with the spirit. There's not as many distractions. It's, it, it's huge there. Um, but yeah, I would encourage anybody, if you have a dream, write it down. Even if you think it's the stupidest thing, eventually the, the right person to come and interpret it will, will come by and, and you'll have it ready for, <laughs> for that interpretation. Cameron, you need to check your chat. You've got a couple of messages for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if I could even, it would take me forever to explain any of the dreams that I've, I've had. But yeah, <laughs> this class actually came by, by way of dream. So I was uh, trying to pray and, and trying, what do I need to do next? How do I share what I know? Because I'm very introverted, uh, I'm just—I live in a town of 200 people, and nobody here really wants to. I teach a class on, on Thursdays, and there's like four people that come to it. But like, I, I don't know how to share my my testimony. My my circle isn't very big and stuff. And and anyway, it was it was a dream. Uh, told me exactly what to do, how to do it, and uh, and everything. So I, I woke up the next day and and posted it on. <laughs> on Moss's group, seeing if anybody was interested. <laughs> but yeah, um, but I do need a light up pen. It's actually, it's in my Amazon cart, but then I gave up on Amazon because I'm, I'm boycotting. And so I need to find another place that has a light up pen. <laughs> I'm currently in the search for that. Because yeah, looking at my phone in the middle of the night, it just wakes me up and then I can't get back to sleep. I, I need one of those light up pens like Nelson. It's my next purchase. <laughs> It really does help to have somebody help you interpret the dream sometimes too. Cause I had one just a while ago. There's, um, there's a gal here. I live in St. George and there's a girl here who's 
um, on the radio and she has a really strong voice about, you know, she's anti-mask and she's, she's all about political stuff, but she's LDS mm-hmm. and she just has a really strong voice. And I really, I really like her. I'm really intrigued by her. I really like her. And I have this dream and she was walking out of Costco and she's talking to me and I couldn't see her. The, the sun was so bright in my eyes. I couldn't look at her and I was embarrassed because I couldn't see her. And I kept thinking, I wonder if she can tell that I can't see her. And she's kept talking to me. And then I woke up and I thought, I wonder why I couldn't see her in this dream. And I told my daughter. And then a week later, she called me. She says, I know why you couldn't see. I can't even think of her name. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this it's radio Kate girl. Daly. Is it Kate Daly? Yeah, it's Kate. Yeah, it's Kate yeah, Daly. Yeah, I'm from St. George. Yeah, we're it's friends. It's Kate Daly, and I really like Daly. her. Yeah. But um, thank you for telling me. I forget her name. Anyway, m- my daughter says, I know why you had that dream. And I said, why? And she said, I think you're not supposed to follow her. And I, th- and I knew she was right. I knew she was right because not, I agree with a lot of Kate's stuff, but she's so, ex- she's a little bit extreme and I want to follow the prophet. I don't want to follow other people. I want to follow the prophet. And for me, my daughter telling me that I was like, that's exactly what it was. It was, I needed to watch father in heaven, not Kate Daly. Mm-hmm. I could listen to her, but not, but I couldn't even, I couldn't look at her. And so it was really cool. And I've had many, many other big dreams that like were answers to like my whole life plan. But mm-hmm. then lately I haven't had any. So it's weird how kind of the ebb and flow of how dreams are. I think their mm-hmm. dreams are amazing, but thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for, for sharing. Um, I, I grew up in uh, Seattle. And joined the church when I was a senior in high school. And I remember I had two dreams. And I won't go into them too much. But one was about the temple. And then one was about the ward that I actually ended up getting baptized in. And um, those dreams led me actually to the church. To understand that um, this was the path I was supposed to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. I know when I was on my mission, there was lots of uh, people that had dreams that that these two white elders came and, and knocked on their door, and then the next day we were there. Uh, I always thought that that was really interesting to to see as well, how how the dreams can play into to missionary work very very well. I just had a really cool experience last week with a friend that I've never met that lives in Tacoma, but. Um, we were taking a class together and I was only taking the class because she was terrified of the class and had dropped it twice. (laughs) And I didn't need the class. I graduated a year ago, December, and I just did it to help her. And it was kind of interesting. The last class meeting that we had together, um, she messaged me, I need to tell you what happened last night. And I said, oh my gosh, I had a dream. So she, when we got done with the class meeting, she told me what happened. And then I told her my dream. And as I was telling her, she said, that's me. That's me. And I had actually prayed that night that I was supposed to drop the class. And, um, and then I woke up in the middle of the, not really wake up. I just was kind of, you know, how you're asleep, but you're kind of a little conscious. And I prayed, Heavenly Father, you have to tell me, you have to give me a dream and tell me what to do. And it was the most beautiful, beautiful dream 
And I had so much peace when I woke up and I told her, I said, I know that I'm supposed to drop this class and that I got you where you need to be and you're comfortable. And she said, yep, you're right. And I did, I can't, I dropped the class, mm -hmm. but it was such a beautiful dream that it felt like it was more than just about that class. Mm -hmm. And it was really neat too, that she had an experience with Heavenly Father talking to her that also communicated that, um, that my dream was, you know, that my decision to drop the class was right and that dream was true. So that was kind of, I've never had anything like that. That was really a neat experience. Yeah, for sure. And Cameron, I think like that gentleman was talking about how he saw his ward. Mm -hmm. um, I think it can almost be like a second witness that came before the first witness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a, it, like it validates where you are like, oh, this is because I, I like him had like reoccurring dreams that when I figured it out, I was like, oh, and like it, it, it gave me validation that I was on the right track. So I think it's, I think it's telling father's way sometimes of, uh, well, just like we were talking about, like we want it spoon fed to us. And you're going to work for it. He's going to give it to you, but you're going to work for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, not that I'm trying to distract and pull us back to the book, but this, it, he makes Abraham work for it with this dream of, of the uh, cedar and the date palm. He's so um, anxious about it, was so troubled that he, he got up and sacrificed one of the remaining animals that they have. I mean, the animals are scarce. They're in a famine. And, and he has to work for it. And then when he works for it, he gets the most amazing vision. He gets a close-up view of the stars. He looks through the, the Urim and Thummim and it just breathtaking, the, uh, the, the blessings that come from that. Uh, he could have just stopped, been worried about that dream and not know where to go really. Um, but yeah, he put into practice the law of sacrifice, which is interesting, but that yields blessings. Um, Anyway, I thought that was super interesting. And then later on, uh, Pharaoh has has his dream. Um, Abraham, they're just all visionary people. And sometimes we, we look at the scriptures as if, oh, uh, that stuff doesn't really happen. But we start seeing it. I, all of the, the testimonies that have been shared tonight on, on dreams and stuff. Like, no, we... The, the scriptures are a mail order catalog we just need to 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 find out which things the lord wants for us and then then pray for them and work for them and um he'll he'll teach us how to fish he's not just going to give us the fish he's, he's going to teach us how to do it and uh, i think that that is is huge going into the, the second coming um really honing in on our spiritual gifts and learning how they uh work how we can hear the spirit and, and use them um and it all kind of stems back to the abrahamic covenant um i i love this chapter but the next like two three chapters um talking about spiritual gifts talking about um the tests and trials that lead to spiritual gifts a lot of times the blessings that, that flow from our trials are our gifts in one way or another um, whether it's a, a gift of compassion, whether it's a gift of uh, being uh, discerning, there's anyway, there's lots of different gifts that that come from our, our trials, and and I love that principle that, that comes out of here. 
Uh, <laughs> I tell you, this this class is so fun. It always flies by. I mean, never have time to talk about everything. But um, just kind of diving into uh, Abraham and, and his extensive knowledge. Uh, it's interesting why the Lord needed Abraham to go to Egypt. Was it for Abraham's sake or was it for Egypt's sake? Because, I mean, Abraham richly blessed the land of, of Egypt with, with arithmetic and astronomy and all of this knowledge. Um, but yet, in reverse, how many things did, did Egypt end up teaching Abraham? Uh, it's a very symbiotic relationship there. And, and that comes when, when the Lord's involved. He's going to make sure that um, the righteous are placed where they need to be to, to work mighty miracles and uh, I just think that this is such an amazing story of of how Abraham worked so hard and uh, the blessings paid off and he was able to, to reciprocate that to uh, the people, uh, non-covenant people here that um, were converted by him. Pharaoh was a, a convert. I, I never knew that until uh, reading through this book that, that this specific Pharaoh actually converted to um, to the God of Abraham. He realized the blessings that, that were there um, and, and destroyed all of the idols and, and the places of worship that, that they had. That, that's huge. Um, I, I find it amazing to, to study the life of Abraham of that work that he puts into it. It reminds me of uh, President Nelson where um, he everywhere he goes, he always knows the people's names. But um, if I can't remember if it was Wendy or somebody in his family were like, oh, you should see how much time he spends in, <laughs> in writing down the names and memorizing them and working for it. It's not like those just come to him. Uh, the Lord doesn't just bless that, um, uh, give him that blessing of, of remembering the names, but he works for it. And then the spirit takes up the remainder. And uh, so it was with, with Abraham, too. I, I love that, that part of the book. Um, yeah, so just kind of, <laughs> there's so much that we kind of skipped over, but uh, any kind of final comments, stories, things from, from this chapter that, that you really uh, resonated with and, and we need to talk about? I have sort of a fun story. My parents are converts and my mom has some memory issues and she watches Ancient Aliens and she just worships this show. She thinks it's incredible. <laughs> and so I was reading through here and I got so excited when I got to the part of Abraham in Egypt and I called her and I gave her the whole background of it. My dad was listening in and I went through like 30 minutes of summarizing the chapter and all the details and then told her that the whole, all of that led up to Abraham taught the Egyptians. So basically they were taught by God. And the reason they had so much knowledge was direct from God, which is kind of in essence what I was telling her, but I'm like, I have proof. It's not aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's funny. It was pretty fun. She liked it. She was yeah. good with it. <laughs> yeah. That's I just loved all the beautiful things about Sarah and how faithful she was and faithful to Abraham, faithful to, to God, and just, she didn't complain. She bore her burdens with patience and love, and she was, I mean, when you read the Bible, you don't know anything. I always think of her, there's a picture I think of, and she's just old, 
And that's just what I think of. And here you, I mean, we knew she was beautiful, but it just went on and on about how beautiful she was, but yet how faithful she is. And we just, we don't hear any stories in the Bible much about her. Mm-hmm. And I loved all the examples of, I mean, we talked about her last week, how she was so faithful and well, in other weeks we've talked about it. And to me, this was like one of the crowning stories of, of Sarah mm-hmm. so far. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I love all that stuff in uh, group B. We, we talked about her extensively and, and all of that here. We were talking about dreams, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, Sarah is, is the most amazing woman to, to really study and, and, uh, and learn to, to love. I, it's very eye-opening uh, the things that we have here. I, I just want to, um, that, I guess that, that'll be the next dream I get. I want to see Sarah in vision. I want to see her, her amazing beauty and see what a bombshell she was. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else that we want to talk about? Yeah, I, on the very last page of the chapter, I was just totally blown away uh, by John Taylor's uh, quote, where he said that he exceeded all the combined wisdom of the world today. That's a lot of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, look at how much we have uh, today. Oh, I mean, John Taylor didn't have like computers and tablets and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, look at the advancements that they had then, the, the printing press and and all of the um, advancements uh, in the pioneer age and, and things like man and Abraham had all of that I mean Abraham wasn't inventing farm implements and, and how to <laughs> all of the the astronomy and, and things um, where was that one quote here oh um, on page 114 I really love this from Doctrine and Covenants um, and I think that this just embodies Abraham so much um, to, to seek learning by study and also by faith. Um, things both in heaven and in earth, under the earth, things which have been, things which are, things which will shortly come to pass, things which are at home, things that which are abroad, the wars and perplexities of the nations, the judgments which are upon are, are in all of the land, and the knowledge of the countries and kingdoms. Like, we're, we're told to study everything. Um, and to, there's, there's little truths and, and, and nuggets of knowledge everywhere. And, and it's just ours to, to claim. And we have so much, uh, advancements in, uh, today we can, we can just Google a lot of the things, you know, we can just ask Siri and, and get those Siri answers, but yet, uh, through that, um, putting in the effort to actually study and learn and grow, um, is key into, actually learning those things and, and benefiting thereby um yeah there, there's so much to, to look to abraham as a as a model uh of uh, not only tests and trials and and the abrahamic covenant but just knowledge in general uh, as we study astronomy we're connecting with with abraham in, in that way too um so just real quick Cameron. Yeah, I enjoyed learning where Hagar came from. I don't think we get that in the scriptures, do we? That um, the Pharaoh gave her to Sarah for a servant girl. 
as the king's daughter. And, uh, and see, Hagar plays an important part in all of this. That's She's the mother of Abraham's first child. But anyway, it's fun just knowing how that came about and, yeah. and uh, where she came from. Yeah, yeah I love it. Um, so uh, just briefly going over the, the homework for next time. Um, the next chapter six is kind of a, a tour of, of the, the Holy Land. And um, Abraham is, is learning and discovering these, the, the promised land and the blessings there. So I, I would highly encourage to focus on two places in, in specific um, to research Bethel and Shechem. And um, the, the homework assignment being, uh, look up all of the places in, in the scriptures, uh, either on the, the Gospel Library app or on the church's website, and just type in Bethel and Shechem and look at all of the things that happen there um, at those two places. And then as you're reading the chapter, uh, looking at, uh, at Abraham, discovering those places for the first time, and then seeing, uh, flashing forward, what happens in those over uh the the history of covenant israel i think that those are, are huge um and then ask yourself as you're going along this week uh, just an introspective question and find out who is fighting your battles uh you'll see why it comes into play here in, in chapter six with a lot and, and all of that story but um just ask yourself as you're reading the the whole uh, block of scripture and, and diving into the scriptures who is fighting my battles and uh, and pray about that I, I think you'll find um, some interesting answers that you might not have considered before um any last questions comments thoughts <laughs> we might have to have a, a separate dream class and just discuss dreams all, <laughs> all the time <laughs> I love it Was that the only um, homework was to, I'm sorry, I think mm -hmm. I might've missed the other one. Was that it? Uh -huh. So research Bethel and Shechem. And then- Oh, that's what I missed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, shell and think, and what? And Shechem, I'll type them in here. Please do, thank you. I won't spell them correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Bethel and Shechem. Uh, they're, they're two key pivotal places for all of the history of Israel. Um, you know, we could focus on all of the cities that he talks about, but, but mainly those two, I, I find that those keep popping up and they're highly symbolic. Look at what their names mean in the ancient Hebrew. Um, look at everything that happened at those places. They're, they're fun to study. Also, that video, I'd never seen that before. Would you um, like put that in Learning Zion so we can get that link? Uh -huh. Yep. Yeah. I think I just posted it earlier today. If not, okay. I'll post it right now. I haven't been on today. So mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. As long as uh, with all of the other uh, slides and stuff that I've, I'm trying to get better at posting on Learning Zion with this Abraham group. I've kind of been slacking the last couple of weeks, just busy on other projects, but I think I've got everything on there from, from this chapter five. Also, I know I saw like a couple weeks ago, you posted about how to get the app, the Learning Zion on our phones. 
Um, how would I find that again? Because I haven't done that. Uh -huh. um, so if we'll actually just kind of uh, finish up class and then anyone that wants to stay after, I can walk through that with anybody um, uh, so that we can just kind of do it and I don't have to send you a link and, and do okay. it later kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, any final class questions and then we'll, we'll just kind of do that right after. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Thanks. All right. Um, so let me share. Do you have an Android, uh, iOS, or what kind? I have a second hand-me-down iPhone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's what I have. And so that's what I can show you anyway. Um, let me screen share. I had an aversion. I always had Android. I had an aversion to iPhones, but <laughs> when my daughter went on her mission, I, I got it. Okay, so on an iPhone, and it's very similar for Android, um, but I, I'll have the instructions for both here in a second. Um, so you go to your browser, whichever one you're using, if it's Safari, Chrome, etc., and you'll go and type in learningzion.com. And if you're not logged in, go ahead and log in so that you're actually on the, the website itself. And then there's going to be a share button somewhere on uh, my version, it's at the very bottom in the center. It's a, a box with an arrow coming straight out of it. So you click on that. And wait, wait, hold on, I'm logging, I'm logging in. Okay. All right, now, yeah. okay, just logged in. And now what? Uh -huh. You're gonna try to find the share button. So it's a box with an arrow coming straight out of it. Um, and it brings up this, this menu here. Do you see a, a button like that? Mm. it's on the web browser not the um web page it's like on the bottom mm -hmm. of your screen like it's oh, okay yeah it's mine's up in the um right after where it says learningzion.com yep i got it thank okay. you uh-huh so you click that share button and then you'll go down and find the option where it says add to home screen so mine it's uh, just kind of halfway down there and you click on that and it's going to have you rename it to whatever you want to name it. So uh, you can name it LZ for Learning Zion or you can type out Learning Zion, whatever you want to do. And mine then just click. Have, mine doesn't have that. Let's see, copy. Send, oh, is it sent to your devices maybe? No. Uh, no. It, it should just later, edit bookmark, create a QR code, find and page, request desktop site, print, save to Pinterest. Then I have edit actions and it can copy, send to your devices, relate. Let's see. That's the same. Save to Pinterest. So let me see what your. Mm -hmm. So it's like halfway down. It says add to home screen and it's a little box with a plus arrow in it. Okay. I wonder, I don't have that one. 
copy, send to your devices, read later, edit bookmark, create a QR code, find in page, request desktop site, print, save to Pinterest. The only one that has a plus sign is read later. Hmm. Interesting. And when you click in edit actions, it doesn't have, um, what browser are you using? First I'm of all? on Chrome. Chrome. Okay. Let me go to Chrome and try to replicate it that way. Maybe I should just go I, to Safari. Yeah. Cause I know Safari will have it for sure. That's the one I was okay, using. I, mean, I obviously have Safari. So let me go to Safari. I don't even know how to find it. Let's see. Oh yeah, so I'm in Chrome and I, I'm not seeing that one right off the bat either. So okay. that's good to know. Yeah, so I wasn't <laughs> just being, uh, I wasn't being kind of um, tech unsavvy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so now, okay, there's my arrow. Um, oh, add to home screen. Yep, I've got it. Now, what do I do? And then just rename it whatever you want it to, to be labeled as learning Zion or LZ or whatever. Okay. And then click add. Okay. Yay, you're awesome. Thank you for walking me through that because I would have been mm -hmm. frustrated on Chrome not knowing. Uh -huh, yeah, for sure. That's good to know too, so that I can uh, update yeah. that because I don't have that on my website. I've just got the Safari instructions and I thought that they would be the same for Chrome. Um, but yeah, so when you have it on your homepage there, it makes it easy so you don't have to go into your bookmarks or anything. And yeah. then um, also it's going to have you, it's not going to require you to sign in as often. Um, it, it'll still do it every couple of weeks or so, but um, that's one major complaint people were having was, oh, we have to sign in like every two seconds. Oh, I keep the tab pulled up on my computer and it doesn't make me re-sign in yeah. on my laptop. So that's kind of nice. So anyway, mm -hmm. yep. all right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you helping me with that. And I appreciate you leading this. And my family is all watching a movie tonight. And mom, are you going to come watch? I'm like, nope. <laughs> Abraham class. So anyways, it gave me a good excuse because they're watching a show I wouldn't want to watch. I've seen it before, back before I started deleting things from my life. So it's kind of a suspense thriller, not gory horror show. <laughs> That's PG. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't want to watch. I don't want that in my life. So anyway. You gave me good but thank you so much. And Darlene, I bet you're so proud of your son, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. You guys have a good night. Yeah, you too. We'll see you. Okay. Bye-bye.